0: Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today, we're going to ask the question and discuss what is it worth fighting for as Christians? So this is kind of an extension of politics, and um, so as Christians, we we uh, we're asking the questions: What do we, you know, fight quote unquote fight for? Is it in the world? Is it injustices? Um, do we fight physically? Do we show up physically? Do we go out and use our voice? What are things that we as Christians uh, determine that we should go out and fight for? Um, and uh, hopefully, we kind of pray. Uh, for all things, and um, which makes me think of a prayer we do, uh, Prayers of the People in the Episcopal Church, was a part of our liturgy, where we go through and we pray for various things, our nation, our president, um, our country, the sick, um, the dead, and so on. And so we kind of encompass those as we come together in a community and uh, pray for those things. But what do we go outside? Uh, I'll say outside of the church, and maybe that's just kind of a ideology that i'm using but what do we go out and fight for so when um when i say what is a christian fight for let's just do the what's the first thing that pops into your mind everett
1: um well i think the first thing that comes to mind is just um that that we are called to protect the defenseless the widow the orphan um you know, I think of James's, you know, exhortation that true religion, you know, is is, is the care of the widow and the orphan.
0: Nice, uh, Tom. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you say what is what is it worth fighting for as a Christian?
2: Well, if we're talking about physical fighting, like violence, um, I don't, I don't think we have. The biblical... I mean, if we're talking about... If we want to be disciples of Jesus, I don't think we have the right to commit violence. Okay. So I can't think of anything that we could say is worth fighting for because when we... It's kind of like two wrongs don't make a right. When we resort to violence, according... I would say according to Jesus, we undermine... The good that we're fighting for.
0: Mm, right. So. When you said that, it, it makes me um, right now, I think it's, I think uh, Antifa? 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 How do you say yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, there's, there's a, there is, uh, which I guess is a left side of, of, you know, the political realm, maybe something like that. I'm sorry, I'm not up to speed on that completely, but. Um, this is, seems to be a violent organization. And now that, um, it just seems to me that when you resort to violence, um, physical harm, uh, physical harm, or, uh, even material, uh, harm, uh, non-physical, I guess your message is just, is, this goes out the door, it seems right. So if you are something that you are opposed against, um, just like, a Everett said, "With with James, with the widow, with the orphan, and things like that, that we fight for, but we it's a it's a fight in an assistance or a help way. But when you bring physical to it and harm, then the message is lost. Almost it seems like right. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Yeah, I think you know what I mean. In 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 ethics, um, you know, one of the the ends justify the means is is one theory, and so you know, for for some, they would say." That even if you have to resort to violence, that if, if at the end that it gets you the thing that you're wanting to achieve, then it can be justified. Um, I, I mean, I don't buy into that uh, theory, but that that certainly is, you know, pretty pretty popular theory.
0: Right, right. And so, whatever by whatever means necessary, right, um, yeah. goes out there, and then and then we decide that. Um, so how do we let's, – let's turn it around, and let me ask the different question. So when it comes to fighting, we, we all agree that physical isn't the way to do this. So what are the things that we go out and we offer ourselves, our voice, in regards to fighting for? Um, and, and, and I know, yes, the widow and the orphan. Are there other things that you're going to go out and support? Are there you know things that you can think of off the top of your mind that you're going to go out and give your voice to? What would you – Go out and march peacefully against. Well, <laughs> sorry.
2: Go ahead, Everett.
1: Well, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I am not sure to what degree um, marches and rallies actually do to to make your 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 cause. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I mean, right. I'm just, I mean, just in terms of changing hearts and minds, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how effective they are. Um, I sort of buy into the Brueggemann, um, and what it means to be prophetic is to actually live out your faith and embody your truth. I think a lot of, um, religions, um, have tended to want to rely upon the public statement um, as the thing that demonstrates their commitment to an issue when when really it would be that religious body actually living out its values and beliefs um, So so for me, it's it's actually living out your beliefs that that should be the primary response. Secondary responses would be you know rallies, marches,
0: things like that. Okay, just so uh, and so as a community, um, just living living out our call, our baptismal covenant, if you will, in daily life as a community, and by those examples, people will see who we are and what we are and what we're about. Um, followers of Jesus, and that can with you know uh, go to the seed uh envisioning that and that will plant how things should be and how we how we hope. <laughs> right? Is that kind of what you were headed towards? Yeah. Okay. Alright. Tom?
2: What would I fight like what would I be willing to march for? Yeah, that was the for?
0: kind of the idea and you can go with that however you want to. But yes.
2: Well I think Christians should always be haunted by what happened to the jewish people in the 1940s and there was a long period of silence okay where we, we just it the christians in europe especially germany a few people saw what was going on and spoke up they lost their lives for it but there was an overwhelming silence, and we we see what happened. And there was overwhelming silence, or there was even actually some complicity with what was happening. And so, and I think um, I I get whatever it's saying, but I do think that during the civil rights marches, um, the reason why they changed the united states is because they were marching they were doing it in a nonviolent way and people were forced to watch um young black men and women and kids even sometimes being hit with those water hoses or had dogs sicked on them or people attacking them and they maintained that status of non-violence and over time, as we continued to see it, they gained the moral high ground. Mm -hmm. And it kind of shamed our whole nation into... um, I wish it shamed our whole nation. It shamed a lot of folks into changing. So I would like to think that I would have... You know, we see some... There were some Caucasian Christian leaders marching with those folks. I would like to think that I would have been out there marching with them. In that way, they had such strong direction and leadership, you know? Right. It feels like the protests, I don't know how we, in some ways I feel like social media and the other avenues that we've been given to protest have kind of taken the fire out of protesting. Uh, Oh, okay, right. Whenever you can just like, hit like, or share, (laughs) you know? And it makes you feel like you've done your duty. Mm. Then it seems like um, we've we've lost something, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and we we've, we've lost that person to person contact. I think. I think if you're protesting so you can get, you know, shares on social media, I'm not sure how much good that does. I don't know. I don't know. I can't comprehend this uh, media age we live in. It's beyond me. But,
1: well, I think about um, when I was in seminary, I went down to a um, uh, a rally. Uh, I was a uh, about ending the war in, in Iraq, hmm. and I was and I was horrified by the things that I heard. Um, and saw from, from those who were gathered at the rally, uh, just in terms of anti-Semitic language, um, you know, just, just hate speech that was coming from them. And, and you know, I'm there because I, I have a pretty strong commitment toward, you know, to peace. Um, and, and, and what I suddenly became a part of was, was, a, was a hate rally um by people who were there you know for for you know supposedly for for peaceful means and it you know it, that's that's one of the things that's difficult in these rallies is is sort of controlling you know well what's 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 the end game and and if you're just adding you know violent hate speech um and anger to the conversation you're not really doing anything i think what was um as tom said you know what was effective in the civil rights movement was um that that there it was there was clearly organized had clear principles and commitments to nonviolence, and and it was those images of the water cannons being turned on humans um that that people i think that changed a lot of people's hearts like this is really like we're really doing this um
0: so right the um brian zahn has um and i'm trying to find it now as you guys were chatting but uh see in farewell to mars he talks about i want to say chapter three but i kind of forget um about the mob mentality and how the mob is usually the wrong because the mob feeds off of the wrong um motivation It, uh, it comes together and kind of creates its own motivation feeds off of one another where i think along the lines of what both of you said is when um the civil rights movement was occurring. Um, the marches would marchers would show up, and they would have a clear outline of who they are, what they're doing, and what they will not do in regards to what's happening. And so, when you call together—now um, I'm just doing this tongue in cheek—but when you call together people to march, and there isn't a clear outline, what's going to happen? I mean, um, that's where the uh, monkey brain goes in and starts making all the decisions for you. It's fight and flight and all these things happen and no one has a clear outline of this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And this is what we're not going to do. And when those boundaries are set in place, I think you can have, I I think, my opinion, you can have something that actually makes a difference and um, can have morals, and actually, uh, I think Tom referred to the moral high ground, which makes sense as as I see that in in a march or a peaceful rally. Uh, but when other things get out of control, um, and there's things that you haven't defined, what you won't do, then the who knows what's going to happen.
2: Right. I feel like I, I feel like I need to do and. I don't want to change the subject, but I feel like this is a free-flowing conversation, right? <laughs> Why but,
0: isn't all of our conversations yeah. free-flowing, Tom?
2: <laughs> I do feel like I need to say one thing. Please. I mean, I think you're asking, you asked the question, what would we fight for? So I think I would fight for, I mean, if, if we're talking about violence, I already said it. I don't think we have the biblical, theological, creedal, whatever you want to say, right to fight. We're... I think you can make a theological case for just war, but, but but as an aside, I would say there's two questions: what should we be willing to fight for as disciples of Jesus, and what would we fight for? You know, mm-hmm. if if someone was you know enacting violence on my family, or I saw somebody. Um, out in public, you know, attacking a child or someone innocent. I I don't know what the right answer is in that case, right. but I think I would fight for that person, you know, or my family. Um, is it right? I don't know. But what do you, you do in this? You know, you don't always have the time to decide what's, what's right. I and,
0: agree. And I, I agree. Yeah.
2: And that's the problem with what, what Everett was talking about. I think in marches or not, this isn't the problem that Everett, that this isn't the problem with whatever Everett was talking about. This is a problem, I think, that Everett's pointing out. When you have a large group of people, the leadership has to be so strong. I'm thinking of the leaders of the civil rights movement, where you can, really unite those folks into one message with one discipline because I think when you're in a big crowd and if somebody starts executing violence on a large group of people, you know, whether they be counter-protesters or um, law enforcement or whatever, your heart starts to race, the adrenaline starts to go, you're in a huge group of people, you don't know what what could happen, you know? Right. And it's hard to sort out at that
1: point. Well, I think, and I think the challenge for the church today uh, is that, um, which is which is the same problem that Martin Luther King pointed out, which is sort of the timidity of the moderate in the church, right? Um, and and wanting to just not upset, you know, not going far enough. There was a, a story recently about a descendant of Robert E. Lee, um, who's a UCC pastor, and <clears throat> spoke out against white supremacy. And um, basically his congregation said, well, we're going to have a vote on whether you're going to, you know, be a, our pastor or not. And he decided to resign instead. And so there's always this, this, you know, this cost. Sometimes I think we can be a little bit too timid in fear of, you know, angering a you know a, a, a donor to the church or you know um, so I think I think oftentimes mm. that that's where the church fails to act. <laughs> it's sort of out of fear of, of offending.
0: Right. Wow, you just popped open a can. <laughs>
2: that's that's why I'm afraid to do this podcast each week, I think. I always have this thought Oh man, I'm gonna make somebody mad and they're gonna leave the you know <laughs>
0: Uh, okay. So good point. So, so, so-
2: we rang somebody else off. <laughs> yeah, so, all
0: right. So let yeah. me jump in here. And that's the whole idea of beginning this conversation, right? So our podcast is to begin the conversation. I feel like I'm disclaimer guy now. So, um, yes, we don't, we don't edit, we just roll with it and we go. So if there's something said that needs further discussion, um, there's an opportunity here for not only for us to educate others, but for others to educate us. Um, so always remember that this conversation can continue with us outside of this podcast. It doesn't have to be is other people. So, um, And I just wrote down what I say and what I do. Uh, may not always coincide. And so going back to what Tom said of like, if I see if I'm out in public and someone's hurting my child, another child, um, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I I, I want to understand. And that's why kind of why we're talking about this is because we can sit down and we can set it, but I'm not going to say that's how I'm going to act. And and this actually, a lot of this uh, comes back to um, when I was uh, involved in a, um, a feeding ministry, downtown Tulsa. And um, I actually asked, I spoke with someone and said, um, you know, what do I do when a fight breaks out? What do I do? Do I jump in and mix it up too? (laughs) Which I don't want to. Um, I'm scared of fighting, but I, I, I'm just curious. It's like, what do I do? Do I sit back and like you know start praying real loud, or what do I do? Do I hop in? And so that was kind of the uh, basis for this. So what are the things that we sit down and we can go, <laughs> Jesus? Said, I this want to
2: see that scene, though. Justin. The big fight breaks out, and you're over there praying real loud. Do you know
0: that? Do you know the Shane Claiborne story? Um, he was being chased, him and, a, and a, another boy were being chased, and he turned around and goes, I rebuke thee in the name of Jesus Christ. And they all stopped, <laughs> and he turned around and started running again. <laughs> wow. When,
1: when I was in elementary school, I went to this uh, really this fundamentalist Christian school and any time a a fight broke out, we had to, we would, you know, there's one at recess, we would come back inside and we'd have to pray for (laughs) Satan's hindering spirit. to Leave this place. (laughs) Satan had come into our space and we're going to, we're going to get him out of here.
0: That's awesome. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, So, so Claiborne uses the shock
2: factor. Um, Really? That's pretty true. Everett. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just now. Nah, I'm just trying to make. I'm just trying to make people go. What?
0: Uh? Okay. <laughs> um. The uh. The, what the um. Uh, something I shared. Something I shared on our Facebook page. Um. Uh, recently, which who knows when this will be out, but um. Was about a anti-protest that was done um and i forget where it was uh, just somewhere let's say i don't know north carolina or something like that um but it was a white power march was the actual march that was happening and um people in an anti-protest went down and they dressed up in all these kinds of different outfits and stuff like that and uh, but they had bags of flour And they marched around saying white flour and were throwing white flour everywhere. And then they changed it to, um, you know, I don't know, other things. But it was third way thinking. Um, It was a way of people disarming what's going on. And they said even some of the, um, you know, Whoever was marching, white supremacist, whatever it was, were even smiling at it and uh, smiling at them. And and it just disarmed everything that was going on. So it's a very creative way of taking something that is very, um, you know, intense and everything like that and disarming it. And I think that's one way of third way thinking with uh, turning the other cheek or walking the extra mile that we can put ourselves into a situation as Christians and disarm not just go and and uh, because I've heard of, of even peaceful protest when you're there and you're protesting in defense or in you know
2: against
0: what well, that's the first thing it does is turn others on the defensive so if we can think of creative ways to disarm the tension and remove it from the situation I think then we have succeeded at least a little bit. You know, I don't know what goes what comes after that, but just in that idea, idea, that's something to think about.
2: So what a better way to say this instead of what are we willing to fight for. I know that is what the, makes the podcast hopefully interesting, but what <laughs> should we say well, what is worth resisting as a Christian? How, how do we know when to resist and how to resist?
0: I do think that's better language. Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
1: and and you know cuz the the biblical story of the prophet is is that the prophet always ends up either being killed or run out of town. Right. Um and, and and there's times in which you know you 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 have to be the prophet. I mean, you have to you have to speak up. Um but there's um there's a community organizing principle which is is that unless you're at the table, you cannot have influence. Mm. And um, so I I think we also have to remember that in order to be a part of the conversation, we have to be in the room.
2: Right. That's good.
0: I would say, yes, and and maybe this is what you're saying, but in relationship in some ways, um, that's where relationship uh, with people um, really, really goes a long ways. Because until I have a relationship with someone who is, insert, you know, Description stereotype here, uh, then I don't know who that person is and what they're thinking. Um, so maybe that's the kind of a, a same idea as being at the table. Tom, you were going to say something?
2: Yeah, I want to say two things. The first is um, I said earlier you could make a case for a just war, you can make a theological case for it. Um, so if I'm sitting in the United States, I'm Franklin Roosevelt or Winston Churchill. I don't blame either of them for waging war against Hitler, you know, especially knowing what we know about what was happening to Jewish people, um, Catholic people, gypsies, whoever. And so Tom,
1: you're, you're opposed to, You're anti-Hitler,
2: anti-Hitler. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll back I'm gonna that. I'm going to come down. I'm going to back that right here on this podcast. I don't care who's offended. <laughs> anti Hitler. Okay. But 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 could they have before it got to the point of having to go to war, could resistance have stopped it? Is my question. So but that's a big historical question we can't answer. So here though, Justin, are you listen, I'm gonna really get Everett fired up right now. Are you ready? you <laughs> ready?
0: He's getting you're going to go now,
2: pray. <laughs> here in about four weeks it's the feast of all saints and we're gonna have all these Churches all over the Episcopal Church singing some militaristic song like "For All the Saints." What do you think about that, Everett? <laughs> What's wrong with it, "For
1: All the Saints"? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I like that song too. I'm just so but you know. We're... You, know
1: another, you know another song I like that's fallen oh. out of popularity, "Onward, Christian Soldiers."
2: Well, tell me how it's okay to like that song, Everett. <laughs>
1: Because it doesn't say that we're actually that we're actually sold like we're soldiers. It's it's using an example that people resonate with to see the commitment that we have. You know, Howarwa says that our our culture doesn't seem see anything strange when somebody goes off to fight in a war. But you know, gosh, if you're a missionary, um, you, you know you're you're considered crazy going off to someplace. Uh, Dangers. He he has this he has this great um, line in a book. He's he was teaching a a, a class and um, the question came up about a place of conflict somewhere, and um, people were debating whether or not we should send the country should send troops in. And what Howard says is is that it sounds like an opportunity for the church to send missionaries.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's good.
1: And people immediately go, "Well, that's ridiculous." You know that place is not safe.
2: Everett, <laughs> Everett, uh, did you just pivot? Did you, you should I, be. A, did you should be Because we wanted to hear about why it's okay to sing "Onward, Christian Soldiers," and then you pivoted to missionaries. Because
1: it's a great hymn. That's why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm I'm getting a. I, you know, I, when we when we started this, like, I, I I go ahead. I I, I swore. Um, I figured I would be quoting like Rob Bale all the time here and there, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have to get the little Bale for was quotes because I'm pretty sure those come up about every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, E. <Ea. laughs> Go ahead, Tom.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, yes, I, I also like the song For All the Saints, and I assume that when I sing it, it's like, It's a metaphor. Paul said, take up the armor of God, you know, the sword of the spirit. He's not talking about a literal sword. It's a metaphor of uh, resistance in your fight against an enemy that is not physical or earthly. That's how Paul uses it. So that's what I'm assuming we mean when we sing those songs. I know when they were written, though, some of them, they weren't a metaphor. (laughs) that's how I've always assumed that they were meant. So what, what were you going to say, Everett?
1: Well, and, and I think also um, I was just, you know, I mean, I, I too was thinking of Paul's language um, about spiritual warfare, um, which some people are sort of uncomfortable with, with utilizing that language. Um but I do think that that part of um, the Christian battles against powers and principalities um, and that we we have to we have to look at what we're doing what we're up against is not an is not necessarily an, an individual but what we're up against is sort of systemic um, issues
2: right
0: I agree when that language that language I wonder though um, sometimes and and this seems like picking on something that shouldn't be. Um, I think when we sing the songs that are onward Christian soldier, or we talk about the armor of God, um, I I would appreciate that we clarify this isn't physical fights. This is fights of, like you said, um, principalities and so on. And this is something that we do through prayer, uh, through love and grace, because... um, (laughs) Our society is kind of violent. Um, <laughs> we, you know, our our culture. Our movies, our games, everything. There's violence everywhere, and and I had to turn a movie off the other night because Lila, we were sitting down watching it, and it was just. I'm looking at Lila and going, "My gosh, this is and and it was Tolkien." So, um, I think we could easily remove some of those uh, thoughts and and, and, or just explain them. I'm not saying I'm not saying remove them. Um, I think just explanations will work enough. Uh, because I, the idea behind it is very good and solid, I think. But uh, just explaining them further, so there's not confusion of like, oh, you know, because especially at a child level, if we're told that we're going to fight, then what are you? What's what's your mentality? Um, I think you're going to go right into actually doing possibly physical fighting. So, all right, uh, wrapping wrapping us up. Go ahead, whoever was going to talk.
1: Well, I was just going to say that I think the problem is is that what you end up doing is is you bring God into your side, and so suddenly, you know, God is 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 at war with you, and, and, mm. in the very literal way. I mean, this is what a lot of Israel scriptures. Are I was doing. just say,
0: I wonder doing. where they got that from.
1: <laughs> you know, this, this idea of you know the warrior God. Right. Uh, right. Anyways,
0: and that's where story. that's where we say and and now go read Peter ends. <laughs> Tom, any final thoughts?
2: Thanks for letting me be here with you guys to talk this morning. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I added much to it, but I did my best.
0: No, it was good. It was good. Uh, I think you added more than you thought, uh, and, of course, time always so quick. Um, Okay, so outside of something, um, I I thought about uh, good, and let's say, if you will, ministries or charities um, and, and various places. Um, I want to kind of ask you guys if you have any type of charities or ministries right now uh, that you all have been working with or, or focused on currently that you would like to share their name and even their website or anything like that, or people can go out and search it. Is there anyone, um, I know you guys know a lot of them, but is there anyone in particular that you'd like to share on here so maybe people can go out and uh, research them and get involved? Uh, Tom, do you have anything off the top of your head?
2: Well, my personal favorite charity is Episcopal Relief and Development, doing a lot of great work down in the Houston area right now with the Diocese of Texas cool. for yes. Hurricane West Harvey Texas. Relief. Yeah, and West Texas, sorry. But yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Everett?
1: Well, I will I will echo ERD, Episcopal Relief and Development, as a worthwhile charity. Um, charity also um locally um we do a lot of work with uh new hope oklahoma which provides uh after school summer camp programs for kids who have a parent in prison with the goal of ending uh, generational incarceration
0: nice and i'm sure that those can all be found online if you just google the name um we can put them in our show notes what oh i'm just figuring that out <laughs> So, show notes, excellent. Thank you for. Reminding We're gonna me about dock that. your page, Justin. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and I wanted to. Um, well, I just forgot. Oh, um, a organization that I've worked with um, in the past is His is the acronym, but it's Hosanna of the Sahil, um, and I always mess up the name, so I'm gonna put it in the show notes. But um, anyway, they do. Uh, they dig water wells in Niger, um, Africa, and uh, some good friends are involved in that. So I wanted to point them out too because clean water, man, it's just, it sometimes blows my mind that there's people on this earth that uh, still don't have clean water. So um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for chatting with us again, guys, and thank you for listeners for joining us. And uh, we'll talk with you next time. May the peace of the Lord be always with you thanks for joining us today you can find us on twitter and facebook at at fun drain pod. we'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics also if you enjoy what we're doing go on to itunes and give us a review please thanks a lot